welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, the Chegg, Unchown with Chegg, and today we have a returning guest, Fernando. How you been, Fernando? Good. How about you? Um, I'm doing pretty good today on this Sunday, July nineteenth, two thousand twenty, and today we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about a couple subjects. We're gonna switch over from sports to sports. First, we're gonna talk about football and how the player and how certain players have gotten either new contracts like extensions or they have gotten franchise tagged or just haven't been signed at all. Starting with Derrick Henry, who signed a four-year, $50 million deal with the Tennessee Titans, $25.5 million guaranteed. Do you think that Derrick Henry deserves this deal? Yes, I fully believe he deserves it. He, something about him just changed last year. He led a team to the, basically to the game before the Super Bowl. Well, it was the game before the Super Bowl. All he had to do was just win. But it doesn't matter. He lost anyways, and he became a better player in one year. I think he's going to win. Yeah, he did. He really did deserve that contract. But if you think about players before him, because last year he had 1,500 yards and 16 touchdowns. That's one touchdown a game. Not saying he had one touchdown a game. But he did really well last year. He might have had the best season in his career. But at 26 years old, he's still young. But then, you know, he given that four-year four year contract. Obviously, you've seen like other players like Devontae Freeman of the Falcons who signed a five-year extension when he was the same age as Derrick Henry. And then the Falcons released him two years later. So you think this was a good move by the Tennessee Titans or you think they could have gotten like a shorter deal, like a, like a two-year deal? Obviously, there's going to be ups and downs with a deal like that that you give to a player. Obviously, a player, it's going to rely on the player's game style and like how he plays on the field. But I do think he deserved it, and time will tell if he really lives up to his own contract or up to his own bill. Yeah, I agree with you with that. We, we're just going to have to wait and see. Like Some people are saying like you know Tennessee can pull it off this year. And some people, including myself, think that last year was just a fluke. Also, um, Ryan Tannehill got his extension. We're not going to really touch up too much about that. But with Tennessee giving out all of these extensions to like these big players who technically really had like like one year's like big season, like one year wonders, like in my opinion, do you think Ryan Tannehill is going to repeat what he did this year compared to last year? I some part of me believes always wants to believe in the underdog, of course, and believe that he will do it again. But he's getting older. He's past thirty at this point, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, he's past thirty, and I don't know. I want him to, but if he doesn't, it wouldn't be against. I wouldn't hold him against him because he's getting older. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill is thirty-one years old. He signed a four-year, $118 million contract, which basically meant that Mariota was getting taken out because Mariota was the starter, and then he got benched for Tannehill, and Tannehill really made them the team that they were last year. But the next player we're going to talk about is Miles Garrett, who got a five-year, $100 million um, contract, which is the first defensive player in NFL history to receive a contract over $100 million. Do you think he deserves that contract after what happened against the um, the Steelers when he hit Mason Rudolph in the head with his helmet? 
Obviously, when you're in a high-intensity situation like a game where everything's on the line, of course, play, um, players are going to get rough and stuff. But that happens, and you just got to keep on going with it. But if you've seen his play before and throughout, like, all the seasons throughout, he's been a beast. I think he fully deserves it, and time will tell, of course, like any other thing. Yeah, ever since he entered the league in 2017, he has recorded over 30 sacks, and he's just an all-around really good player. No one's doubting that he's not a good defensive player, but... You, like his temper can really like change the way that people like think about him. It's kind of like OBJ when like you know apart from uh, apart from other reasons was one of the reasons he got traded to Cleveland because you know his temper and that beef with Josh Norman that he had and just a bunch of other things. So they're kind of the same. They're kind of like um they're kind of the same when you think about it. But like you said, time will tell. I mean, he's only 24 years old, so that, yeah, yeah, he has, he has a while, so, you know, five years, 100 million, that, 29 by the time his contract ends, yeah, he'd be 29 years old, so then, if you go to, down in Dallas, in the south, with Dak Prescott, he didn't get the contract that he wanted, but he got a one-year franchise tag for this season, um, 34.1 million dollars and for one this is just for one year one year because obviously they couldn't obviously agree because if you're the dallas cowboys you can't pay everyone like you can't pay like zeke and amari cooper and dak even though they did but they thought that it's like like they thought that ezekiel elliott and amari cooper were worth more than dak prescott do you think so yes i personally believe yes that he is, that they are worth, both of them are worth more, obviously, because they're positional players that are necessary to win. Obviously, the QB is the most important position because he throws the ball, but when you're Dak Prescott, it, it depends. It depends on your play because he's, like, up and down, up and under with his play style, so it's tough to predict. But one year, we'll see in one year, and if he's worth another contract or not. Yeah, that that is true. Like Dak, he has had up and downs. Like in twenty sixteen, when he really did, he really did do a lot for the Cowboys. Led them to, I believe, twelve and four record. Um, he had a sixty seven point eight completion percentage, and then the next year they missed the playoffs. And last season he had almost five thousand yards and thirty touchdowns, but still finished the season eight and eight. Um. But do you think like maybe like maybe like you know, you think Dak has like a chip on his shoulder to see like is he really worth the money? I do believe that every player has a chip on their shoulder. They gotta prove themselves to a whole nation of fans that love their teams. So yeah, every player has a chip on their shoulder. But I think Dak can do it. He has the facilities and the like, the skills to pull it off and work, show everyone that he's worth a big a big contract. Yeah, yeah, like like you just said, everything you just said is pretty accurate. Um, but yeah, everyone has a chip on their shoulder. But I think Dak specifically, because you know, pretty much Jerry Jones said basically like you're, right now you're not worth the money. I mean, you saw what he did last year. It's not like he had did terrible or anything, but he just couldn't win those couple games that could have gotten them to the playoffs. Instead, they got the division rival Eagles. 
who had to win four straight. And one of, I think one or both of those games were against Dallas. So, yeah, that just basically shows that Dak wasn't worth the money last season. But once again, we'll just have to wait and see. And talking about all these players from AFC to the NFC, who do you think from both conferences can make Super Bowl 55 this season? What were the four teams again? The, we got the Browns, no, the, we, we got the Browns, Cowboys, the Cowboys Titans. Because, you know, they just paid. They just paid, like, for Ooh, it's a, big yeah, money. Yeah, it's a tough, obviously it's a tough choice to pick before we see anything on the field. But I do think out of any of the teams, I feel like for some reason the Titans over the Cowboys. Obviously, the Cowboys would be the um, would be the most like viable choice. But for some reason the Titans, I feel like the Titans can pull it all together this year, because didn't they have a rookie wide receiver starting last year that popped off for them? Or am I thinking of it? Yeah, they had a rookie wide receiver, and now that he's like fully. Like, now, officially not a rookie. I think they'll even do even better. Yeah, I do. I think, like, you know, because when the rookies turn the corner, which is actually what I was going to talk about um, in the next subject. But, yeah, I mean, I think all three of these teams have potential to make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. But back to the question I was asking, who do you think can make the Super Bowl? Not just from these three teams, but from any team. I feel like Ravens now should make the Super Bowl. They obviously they beat the league last year. They had the highest like win win percentage, right? Yeah, in the league. A fourteen and two. It's fourteen and two. And I also believe I feel like it's gonna be Ravens from the AFC. And then the NFC is a really tough choice to pick since it's really wide open. There's not like a dominant team like the Chiefs or the Ravens pulling everyone behind. But for the NFC, I'm feeling I'm feeling the Saints, honestly. They're probably the toughest team to get past in the NFC. Yeah, so you're thinking Saints, Ravens, and Tampa Bay for Super Bowl 55. Uh... The New Orleans Saints, they have some they have really great players. They obviously have a deep quarter uh, quarterback core with Breeze, Hill and Winston, along with other players like Michael Thomas and Kamara and even players that they signed during the offseason like um Malcolm Jenkins, a safety from Philadelphia. I think it was a trade, but they signed him and they also signed Emmanuel Sanders. They also they also have Good players like Marshawn Lattimore and Cameron Jordan, and their and their first round pick Caesar Ruiz. So I think this team is a good team, but if you look at other teams in the NFL, like even their division rivals like the the Falcons and the Buccaneers, along with teams apart apart from the NFC South like the Packers and the Forty ers and the Seahawks and even the Cowboys, if they can make that turn. And maybe the Los Angeles Rams and Cardinals. But once again, I do agree with you. We, we're just going to have to wait and see. But we're gonna, But about like all these players, like you said, like they turned the corner. Which player do you think has like really changed, like really can like step up this season to be like a star? And maybe a pro bowler. I'm feeling... Obviously, I'm, we're from Georgia, we don't love the Saints because of what they've done to the Falcons. But 
For some reason, Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara, he's obviously one of the craziest players in the league. This man can duel, go head-to-head with anyone in the backfield. He can penetrate that defensive line like it's ease. So I think he's even going to turn up a higher notch this year. And that's just being from a fan standpoint. Not being biased because I like the Falcons a little bit more over the Saints, but I do think he could turn it up even higher. I think that's what could lead them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I do agree with you, Alvin Kamara. He is a really great player, and he's done his part, but people think that he can do a little bit more. But then you see, like, these other players. Like, we're going to go from the NFC to the AFC. Like, from the 16 teams in the NFC, we're going to start with them first. Because you you have players like like Hayden Hurst, who got traded from Baltimore to the Falcons. Because Baltimore already had, like, a lot of great... um, a lot of great tight ends, and so Hurst didn't really get a whole lot of shine to play. Um, same with Anthony Miller of the Chicago Bears, and just a bunch of linemen throughout, like Ryan Rams Ramsnick or whatever. Ramshack. Yeah, Ramshack, Kevin Zilter, and then you have other tight ends like Hurst, like Tyler Higby and um, Dallas Gobbert, and even DK Metcalf on in Seattle. So like out of the out of these multiple teams, who do you think can like make the Pro Bowl for the first time? Because none of these players on this list have made the Pro Bowl. Uh, you want me to be real with you? DK Metcalf, the man's a living god. Have you? This man is shredded. He beasted the Eagles solo. He just destroyed them. I think he he's gonna like he's gonna become a perennial wide receiver. If we're being honest, he has the facilities. He's tall. He's lean, even buff too, while being like lean and quick. The man's a god. Seven touchdowns. Jeez, in just his rookie year, that's not bad for a rookie year. Yeah, he had seven touchdowns. He had nine hundred yards on the dot receiving. Obviously, as you said in, uh, in the wild card game versus Philadelphia, he delivered the dagger. He really did his part, and I do think Metcalf can has potential to be one of the best receivers in the entire NFL. Obviously, he still has some work to do because there's, there's Julio Jones and Michael Thomas, along with a couple other receivers like Odell. Because I do believe he still has it. Don't forget about Stephon Diggs and Stephon Diggs when he when he went to um when he got traded to Buffalo and also DeAndre Hopkins who got traded to um to Arizona. So yeah, speaking of the West and Stephon Diggs, Stephon Diggs his he this is gonna be his sixth season and has not made a Pro Bowl yet. Do you believe that that he hasn't made a Pro Bowl yet? That that is just so dumb. That I don't believe that should have happened, but I guess it's a thing. Yeah, I mean, I remember that uh, the Minnesota Miracle. Yeah, I think he should have gotten a Pro Bowl vote for that. But, I mean, Stephon Diggs, he's going to have to make the turn. Also, rookie Joe Burrow in um, Cincinnati. Do you think Joe Burrow can be like a... um, like a Tom Brady. Yeah, guy. yeah, he like can be a, like like the, the next Brady or like Mahomes or or Aaron Rodgers or, or is he just gonna be like you know one of those guys that like, like he, a backup QB a bust? Yeah, like a bust. Uh, obviously, he led a team to the championship in the college football, but it was only one year. The other three years of his college experience were pretty rough for him. So, 
I don't know. It's it's really tough to predict that stuff, but who knows? I don't think he'll like win a Super Bowl, but I think he'll get close. Like I think he'll be one of those playoff teams that you always think will get there, but they'll give you playoff moments and hype, but they never get there. You know what I'm talking about? That's kind of the case with Miami's uh Tua Viola. Like he beat UGA after coming off the bench for um for Jalen Hurts, who's now in Philadelphia. Both of them rookies. Um, but I think two. I think I think Joe Burrow had the same experiences that Tua did. Not saying that he came off the bench, but it's like you know he did it in his first season. But the th- the difference between that is after that Tua had like more success from there on out. Like even though in his last season, you know, he got injured, and then after that, the season, the next season after they beat UGA, they lost to Clemson. But still, he was a very successful player from there on out. But Joe Burrow, as you said, he had pretty some his uh, junior, uh, his freshman, sophomore, and junior year had pretty rough seasons. But then his senior year in LSU, he was the literally the best college football player, won the Heisman Award. So yeah, like only time will tell. But you have also have other players, other players in the NFL, like um, Mitchell Schwartz in the Kansas City Chiefs, who hasn't made a Pro Bowl. C.J. Henderson, the rookie who got drafted in Jacksonville. Brandon Cooks, who despite being being traded for multiple teams, like he went to New Orleans and then he went to uh, Los Angeles. And then I think he went to another team too, but still, it's not like he's a bad player. Like you know, he's had a thousand yard seasons and multiple touchdowns. So out of the these players on the list, who do you think can be can like step up and be like a Pro Bowler? Alright, can I say two though? I think Metcalf and Stephon Diggs. Obviously, I'm I'm more of a position. I like positional players better. Than just the ones, the standardized players like the QB and O-line. I like positional players like safeties, cornerbacks, and wide receivers. Because I feel like those players are the ones that like make the game what it is. They're the ones that put the swagger on the field. So for me, it's got to be Metcalf and Stephon Diggs. Yeah, DK Metcalf and Stephon Diggs. I think because you know, Metcalf is his second year. Obviously, had a phenomenal first year. And um and Stephon Diggs, who has a new role in Buffalo, after you know sitting behind Adam Thielen, he's gonna be that guy. Which I feel like, like I remember talking about this a couple episodes ago. We were talking about like how players like Matt Ryan and Cam Newton, instead of like backing up player, backing up. Uh, quarterbacks they just went straight into it whereas literally the past two MVPs Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes they sat behind Joe Flacco and Alex Smith who had that type of um who had that type of experience same thing with Stephon Diggs he backed up Adam Thielen and DK Metcalf who backed up Tyler Lockett whereas you have whereas you have other wide receivers who are just going to be straight up or just going to go for it like um like who did Denver draft? Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause he's really not gonna have anyone to back up on. But then you have C. D. Lamb in Dallas, who's gonna back up Amari Cooper. So yeah, um, yeah, I do agree with you. Stephon Diggs and D. K. Metcalf can be the two Pro Bowlers. Thank you. I know I'm right. <laughs> That's what they all say. Coming up next, after talking about our the dark horses in the NFL. And the team and the players who really should have a chip on their shoulder after getting either the money that they wanted or not enough money. 
We're gonna talk about the um we're gonna talk about the players who are gonna win the awards in the NBA and who's gonna win it all in the NBA season coming up in less than two weeks. The NBA has broken some news as like um on how the NBA, the bubble play, like the remaining eight games that Yushin will have to play, will not impact the race for MVP and Rookie of the Year and Defense Player of the Year. So we pretty much have our candidates. We're going to start off with M- MVP. Who do you think are like the candidates who the can candidates run? for MVP? Yeah. All right. That's pretty easy for me. All right. LeBron, obviously, f- legend of the game. Giannis. The up-and-coming king. Kawhi, the freaking cyborg that he is himself. And Luka Doncic. Those are the top four for me. Out of those four, who do you think will win MVP this year? It's got to be the up-and-coming king himself. The king of the Bucks. The Giannis. Oh, Acampo? Yeah, and the senor Acampo. This man has been leading his team to the best record in the NBA. Like, who does that? Nobody, nobody like that. That's relevant, like Giannis. I, I think he's got it. Yeah, the last time I remember, like a team with like little to no talent. I'm not saying I think the Bucks are pretty a pretty talented team, but like they don't have like that second guy. Like Eric Bledsoe is okay, but yeah, Chris Middleton's obviously like he, they're good. They're good players, but they don't have that. Not like. Sorry for the 2K reference, but, like, another 90 overall player. Like, a LeBron-esque player. Like, an 80 to the LeBron ratio. They don't have that. Yeah, I give you that. It's going to, like, this This is a new NBA to the point where, like, well, I'm sorry. You know what this reminds me of? The old LeBron Cavs team. That's what I was just about to talk about. I was talking about because, like, when LeBron went to the Heat, you know, he had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, certified superstars, whereas in 07, LeBron just, he, when LeBron, he literally had, like, little to no support around him. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, this is the same situation with Kawhi and me, um, not Kawhi, uh, Giannis. Uh, maybe Giannis, he could be, he could pull a LeBron and just like you know leave the Bucks for a more talented team. Some t- some people are saying the Warriors, like what are the Warriors gonna have to trade? But I think Giannis has, I think he's like cemented his spot has, in Milwaukee. You know, he has like respect. He earned, he earned the city's respect since twenty thirteen when he got drafted, and he has dignity to the team where he's gonna stay. He put his heart and soul into that team. They even build the whole team around him. Like, you don't do that just to leave. So I think he'll stay for at least another two or three or five years. Yeah, I think he's going to stay too. But, like, I mean, Giannis has he's said some couple things. Like, you know, he, the team, team's got to do more. I mean, like like you said, you look at the, Buc- uh, the Bucks roster now. You got Middleton and Lopez and Bledsoe. And then you got other players like Robin Lopez and George Hill. But... I mean, don't don't forget don't forget about Dante Divincenzo. He's been a good rookie this year. He's turned it up because he knows he's on a playoff contender team. So he's got to put his chip in just to get that ring. Yeah, he has been a good player. I haven't really watched a whole lot of him, but I think I think he's going to be a good player in the NBA. But what I'm saying is like, like like you said earlier, like he doesn't have that ninety overall team. Like he's like he like you know he has a good team around him, 
but it's not like you know he doesn't have that second superstar yeah. like LeBron had with Dwayne Wade and or like how Steph had like Clay or when even when KD came mm-hmm. like KD had Russ uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden so yeah that's um that's about that. The next, the next award we're going to talk about is Rookie of the Year. Obviously, John Morant's been killing it, but some crazy people think that Zion, who's only played, like, what, 15 games? 20-something. 20-something games, can win Rookie of the Year. Who do you think is going to win the Rookie of the Year? I don't think it's a competition, really. Jaw has my vote, if I could vote. I think Jaw owns it any time of the day. If people, like, genuinely look at the numbers and look how he led the team to the playoffs it's not a competition it's definitely jaw yeah i do agree with you john moran has obviously been killing it uh, like it's not i think zion is a better player than jaw but you know i th- i think i think if if zion had played the whole season then he would have won rook, um rookie of the year but rookie of the year you can only get those awards once because once once that's it that's it so, yeah, I agree with you. I think Ja Morant should win Rookie of the Year. But the next award is Most Improved Player. Who do you think? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a that's pretty actually, tight one. Th- that is an actually good award now. Literally, like, the past couple years, it's been, like, back and forth Louis, between Lou, Lou Williams. Well, that's more like a six-man. Uh, six-man, my bad. But, like, obviously, this award has been getting better because players have been stepping up now. Literally, they've been coming straight out of the um straight out of the, um college, and they're like, I right, I'm gonna kick it into high gear now. We don't. It's not like it's not like the NBA is a given. Players get injured and stuff like that. Now they're turning it up earlier, so I feel like honestly, there's gonna be a lot of players. But for me, it's gotta be the center for the Miami Heat. What's the name? Um. Mm, Adam Bio. Adam Bio, yeah. I couldn't think of the name for some reason. Yeah, Bam Adam Bio. He has killed it. I think the majority of the Miami Heat have killed it because they have done really well after they changed their uh, they changed course from you know more no more Dwayne Wade and they traded for Jimmy Butler and all that. So yeah. Also, their point guard and shooting guard Kendrick Dunn. None. Kendrick, Kendrick, Kendrick Dunn. Or Kendrick Dunn. Kendrick Nunn, and also, what's his name? Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson. He's also been really good. He's had some of the highest three-point percentages in the league. I think that team's been killing it. Yeah, that team, I think, is my that is my dark horse to go to the finals. So, the Heat, I think Miami has a really good chance. They're, they're, they were on a roll until, obviously, the season was stopped, which comes to my next award, Defensive Player of the Year. Who do you think? Well, well, who are your candidates to win Defensive Player of the Year? Don't say Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I was gonna say Rudy Gobert for since he yeah. stopped the whole league. He stopped the whole league. The man's got the best defense. Um, no, but um, realistically though, I think like for some reason I'm feeling like Giannis to win both of them, a MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. But for me. Ah, uh, it's like eighty. Also, too, he's been a really like a defensive anchor for the Lakers. Mm. If you think about it, yeah, but yeah, I think eighty probably. Yeah, you look at this uh, CBS Sports poll. Uh, it's been very fifty-fifty between Giannis and AD. I think you know. I think Anthony Davis should win, but if Giannis doesn't, if Giannis wins as well, then you know I'm not saying anything about that. Obviously, Bam, he's been really good, and other players like uh, 
Brooke Lopez and obviously Gobert and Kawhi and Ben Simmons. But Brooke Lopez has switched his game a little bit from the defensive and rebounding man that he was before on his like Brooklyn Nets days and like Lakers days. Now that he's on the Bucks, he's been more of a, like a three-point specialist also when they need him. And like he can pass a little bit too. He swapped his game up to play with Giannis. That's what you got to do. Like the same thing that happened with K-Love on the Cavs. You got to switch your game up to play with high-level players. Yeah, I do agree with you with that. Um, Like, Brooke Lopez, obviously, when he was in Brooklyn, he was, like, the star in Brooklyn. And now when he came to the, uh, when he came to Milwaukee, uh, he was forced down to, like, a lesser role. Kind of like how Paul Millsap was a star of the Hawks back in their 2014-15 season. And now in Denver, he's still a good player, but he, his role has decreased. Which brings me to my second to last award, uh, Sixth Man of the Year. Who who do you think can be? Well, uh, who who are your candidates for Sixth Man of the Year? Dennis Schroeder, obviously, he's been pretty good backing up CP3. Um, Lou Will, obviously, the Sixth Man God, and Montrez from the Clippers. Montrez from the Clippers. I think Brandon Clark from Memphis, because I think. I think, yeah, he's obviously had a tremendous season. Help me in fantasy, by the way. Um, but, uh, yeah, Brandon Clark, he's been really good. Is he the sixth man of the year? I don't think so, but I think he's one of the best sixth men in the game, along with Shea Gillis-Alexander and D. Rose, who has a re- – I believe he has had an impressive bounce-back season joining the Detroit Pistons. But who do you think is going to win sixth man of the year? Probably Montrez. Montrez for me. Montrez Harold. Why do you think? Why do you think Montrez Harold can win six man of the year? I mean, obviously he's playing the big man position, center slash power forward, at a smaller height than the average center slash power forward. So I put the chip on him, and when you can, when you're able to overcome that chip, it gets you an award in the NBA. Yeah, I agree with you with that. Um, he has, he has, his role has been changed. Harold is um, this season and last season because last season he was a key part. Because like, think about it. Like last season, the, the the Clippers were the eighth seed, but they they beat they really took the Warriors to six games. Yeah. And but also again, like that Warriors team was pretty beat up. But you know they're the one seed for a reason last year. But Dennis Schroeder, I think he, I think like most people, including me, they counted the Thunder out. Did you count the Thunder out? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah, I thought ever that that Russell Westbrook trade and that see and that uh, Paul George trade, even even with that shot, like that um, game was it game five? L- yeah, yeah, Lillard. It was game six. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but I mean, a shot like yeah, that, that ends your... It was game six. I'm game six, yeah. Sure. But it ended your season. One shot from one med ended your season. It ended their whole title run, Hope. Yeah, so that was that. Their title run, Hope, was like from 2010 to 2019, I think. That was their chance. Yeah, with the Westbrook days, obviously Westbrook who is now in uh, Houston. But, yeah, I think Dennis Schroeder, yeah, you said Harold deserves it. I think Schroeder deserves it because I think he has been an, a, like, a really good player, backing up CP3 and leading them to the position they are right now. Are you just being biased from the Hawks days? Maybe. Just, just a little tiny <laughs> little Just a tiny little bit. Maybe. I mean, he, he, he wanted to leave. 
Because yeah. he's like, you know, I'm in my prime now. I want to be on a winner. And now he is on a semi-winner. But now we have the final vote, the coach of the year. Who do you think is going to win coach of the year? Well, 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 first, who are your candidates for coach of the year? Obviously, you have Nick Nurse of Toronto who won it last year, I'm pretty sure. Or, uh, no, was no, it Mike Boone? No, yeah, it was Mike Boone. Mike Boone of the Bucks. Um, honestly, since the Bucks have done better this year than they did last year, he should win it again. It wouldn't be weird if he won it again, honestly. It doesn't matter if that. Many coaches have done it twice in a row. I think he should go again. Yeah, I think I think um, you said uh, Coach Bud. Mr. Bud. Yeah, that'd be his third uh, Coach of the Year award. Obviously, he has had experience backing up uh, Greg Popovich in San Antonio for almost 20 years. But you also have Nick Nurse in Toronto and Billy Donovan in Oklahoma City, along with Eric Spolstra and Frank Vogel of the Lakers and Rick Carlisle. I don't know if Carlisle deserves it. Like, the... the um, uh, the Mavericks have done better overall, but I don't really think he deserves it. Uh, if I'm being honest, Frank Vogel of the Lakers, I don't think he should, he deserves it. When you have players like AD and LeBron on your team, that kind of carries the load of a coaching role. But like Nick Nurse and Mike Budenholzer, they had to like upgrade their players. Like they had to like put some like um like spirit and soul into them. You know, sorry that sounded dumb, but like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do know what we're talking about. And honestly, if you look at the Lakers roster, it's like I really don't know how to describe it. It's like very it's it's like deep. They're 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 pretty much pretty much all of them are veterans. Like LeBron, AD, Dwight, Rondo, Dion Waiters, Green, Markeith Morris, McGee, Avery Bradley, Jarrett Smith. Quinn Cook. Uh yeah, Quinn Cook, uh Kentavious Carwell Pope, and Jared Dunley. All of those players are veterans, and they've played for over. They've played for over five years. You know, maybe even over ten years, maybe fit over fifteen. Just think about it. LeBron and Rondo have won championships along with Danny Green when he was in San Antonio, and yeah, and Toronto. And Avery Bradley has has some success. JR won a championship with LeBron. But then you look at the Clippers, who has uh, Doc Rivers as their head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Doc Rivers has been really good. Has he been coach of the year? Not really. But if you look at their team, they have, like obviously, Kawhi and Paul George. But they have a bunch of other players who, they're still veterans, but they're not really, like playoff veterans whereas the lakers it's like a it's like a pop like they just have a little bit of everything and it's just like they're at the end of the day they're all like basically the same players whereas in the clippers you all have like different players who've come from different like teams whereas in the lakers they're basically have all been winners have all been to the finals at some so, point so so are you saying if if they if it comes to the western conference finals lakers and clips who would you take you're asking me the questions now. <laughs> um, I think the Lakers have more experience, but I do think that the Clippers can win it. All right, good. Just making sure we're on the same page here. <laughs> you want the Clippers to win? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers, you know, it's like the Clippers have always been that little brother team. Well, you know, the past five seasons they haven't been. Or they ha- they've been the big brother ever since Kobe, you know, hasn't really, they didn't, they didn't really play too well. R.I.P. R.I.P. 
But yeah, um, the Clippers have been the dominant team in LA. They've been that team. They've been LA's team. And but the Lakers, but now the Lakers and the Clippers have competition. Also, think about it. The Clippers have the gonna be soon six man of the year, Montrezl. Yeah. Or Lou Williams. Yeah, also Lou Williams. Lou Williams, the uh, the uh, twenty time six man of the year. At this point, honestly, who who can never just he can never be a starter. Nah, he does, he's the type of player that doesn't care about his position. Yeah, he's kind of like Andre Iguodala. Yeah, he's like the player like he knows he's a star in his own right, and he can do what he needs to do on the field, on the on the court. On the court. I mean, so yeah, then you get, so you have. You have your awards. You said Giannis is MVP, mm-hmm. a Jaws Rookie of the Year. Yep. You said Harrell is Sixth Man of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, who you say is defensive player? AD. 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 Uh, most improved, obviously Bam. Bam. And Coach of the Year is Mike, Mike Boonholzer. Senior Bud. And then we have Executive of the Year. I'm not really going to touch up too much about that. They're the guys that put it together. They put everything together at the end of the day. But, you know, you don't really hear their name. I'm not big into the executive, obviously, the business behind the NBA, but the Clippers, obviously. They built a two-headed monster in one offseason, so. Yeah, that's true. Uh, They really did persuade Kawhi to come here. The glory of the Clippers, because LeBron's like, you could come here. You can come to the Lakers. And then Kawhi and Paul George were like, yeah, I, I want to go to the Clippers. Think about it this way. Because, like, you have, three of, you have three of the top ten small forwards on one team. And then, obviously, you got a bunch of other players as well. But if you think about it at, like this, we're the real winners because we get to see a battle of L.A. every year for the next time that the PG is at. Yeah, we see, we see a battle of L.A. for, like, for years to come, when LeBron, when LeBron is like in his forties, and hopefully when AD, when when hopefully AD, when he comes to uh, some type of agreement, because but do you think Anthony Davis is gonna return on like a contract, like an actual contract? Um. Yeah, I think he's gonna return. Obviously, he's not gonna just do one and done and then leave. Yeah, unless they win a finals. Yeah, unless they win, then maybe it's like it's the next chapter. I gotta go pick up another place. But in my heart, if he came to the Celtics, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> of course, you wouldn't be mad, you Celtics fan. But there you have it. That is our. Well, I didn't really do my opinions. My guest, the Patino Latino, did his 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 little um. Hey, give him a give him a little rundown. Give him a little, a little rundown. rundown. A little rundown. MVP. MVP. Giannis. Defensive player. Ja. Oh wait, no, no I thought you said ja. rookie of the year. <laughs> rookie no. of the year then. Rookie of the year. Ja. Defensive player. Giannis. Wow. All right. Giannis. Um, six man. Schroeder. Coach. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Pick someone random. See, Honestly, I think Eric Spolstra of Miami Heat. I'm, I'm on. Six man? No, you said coach of the year. Right, coach of the year. Coach of the year. Uh, six man, I don't know, Lou Williams. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, there you have it. That is our rundown of our, our little awards. Obviously, it's the league's decision that, um, yeah, we're just two people who express our opinions. 
which back to the NBA season that starts in 11 days. Can you think about it? In 11 days, we're going to get NBA basketball. Oh, I've been praying. I've been praying. I've been hoping for four months. I can wait 11 days. Yeah, we can wait 11 days. But uh, if you can't wait, you have NBA 2K20, which is free on PlayStation Plus, uh, not sponsored. Yes, but 11 days till the Celtics run it up to the championship. Just saying. It's factual science for at that point. Yeah, it's the science. Science behind the Celtics winning the chip this year. But yeah, coming, we're coming to the end of episode seven of this podcast, and and before we finish it off, we obviously have to pay our respects to um, John Lewis, a civil rights activist who has really had like really had touches with like the sports world because think about it if it wasn't for him leading the civil rights movement we wouldn't see all these tremendous athletes like not not just like african-american but like european athletes and even like those asian athletes because there's still some like asian um, asian american just asian asian athletes like lynn and um and rui hurt japanese First Japanese player in the league in the in the NBA. We always gotta pay homage to the people before us. Yeah, not even just the NBA, like all over the league. Like you think about like the NFL, Mm -hmm. you have a lot of African American players. Um, even like in college sports and high school sports, all throughout the USA. If it wasn't for him and obviously a bunch of other people. But if it wasn't for him specifically, along with MLK, then we we this would be a very different. We could be talking about like very, like very, very yeah very like Larry Bird the third or something. Yeah. <laughs> but for real, he's he's he did good on our world for real, and it's tough to see him go. Yeah, a real one, passing away at eighty years old. It was a mere yesterday. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being on the podcast once again. Thank you for having me. No problem. And in 11 days, we're going to talk about uh, how the Celtics will not make the NBA Finals. (laughs) You suck for that. Yeah. But thank you guys for listening. Wherever you guys are listening, please follow the podcast and download it. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.